Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We are doing another interview this week. I've done two in a row, so it's been a really exciting week. And again, I want to start out by thanking all of my guests as well as all the people who have listened and called in this week. So it's been a a great run so far, and we're going to have another amazing show tonight. I'm extremely excited tonight because I have been a fan of horror and horror movies, haunted houses, etc., ever since I can remember. And uh, tonight we have coming on from Creepy Collections is going to be Jeremy D. Alessandro. And if I didn't pronounce his last name correctly, I apologize, but he can correct me when he gets on the air. So he is the CEO and the owner of Creepy Collection. And before I bring him on and introduce his company, I always just like to give people a little bit of background on the show, especially if you are tuning in for the first time tonight. So if you're tuning in for the first time or you're a new listener, please make sure you create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can join us in the chat room. Again, I'm a one-person show, so I want to really stay focused with Jeremy tonight and the interview, my notes that I have in front of me. Um, But we do have a chat room open. I will try to go back and forth. You can also call in tonight. The number for the station is 805-243-1320. And I also posted that number with all the information in the chat room, also where you can contact Creepy Collection, etc. So everything is in there and available to the listeners tonight. So if you're tuning in, as I said, for the first time, I created this show approximately a year ago. The concept and forum for my show was to really create a um, radio station where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry. These could be musicians, entrepreneurs, owners of companies, comedians. I really wanted to create a forum to support people. Um, Personally, I've done everything on my own in terms of a little bit about my background. I'm a clinical psychologist is what I do for my full-time work. I also have an album out as a a singer-songwriter, a solo artist album, which is available on iTunes under my name. I do some writing for magazines on psychology and the entertainment industry. And as I mentioned, I created this show and forum to bring people on so I could support them and spread their names to everyone out there so people can learn about who my guests are. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in the profession. We're going to talk about some uh, entertaining stories. And a couple of things I just ask people to kindly keep in mind is that although I'm a psychologist, we're not going to be doing any formal therapy on this show. Um, I'm very open to answering any uh, broad-related topics and questions, but nothing's going to be personalized, even though a lot of my guests like to joke around about how they need a psychologist, um, but, but that's a separate issue. And secondly, if you do want to talk about anything that might be controversial, entertaining, where it might involve certain persons or organizations, I just, uh, again, request that you keep any specific identifying information um, anonymous as the show isn't meant to personally embarrass anyone, but I do want my guests to feel free to talk about whatever they'd like. So let me see if uh, Jeremy's calling in. I just want to see if he's on the switchboard, and he is. Okay. So let me uh, let me do a nice plug and introduce who he is, and then we will bring him on the air. So I had the pleasure of meeting him through, and we're going to definitely be plugging a lot tonight, Zero by One Sound Studio. That's Zero X One Sound Studio. We'll be playing a commercial for them in the middle of the show. And I'm plugging the studio because Jason Ruck, who is the owner of it, I've 
known him for a while now. I've done tons of work with him, voiceover work, music type of stuff, um, singing, songwriting things. And uh, I had the opportunity to do some voiceover work for um, some of Jerry's animatronics, which was an amazing experience. I love doing it, and I hope I have some more uh, opportunities to do that. So that's how I met Jeremy through Jason Rock, and I was just fascinated by this guy's props, his animatronics. I mean, he's an amazing talent. They're, I haven't seen any products out there like his. Uh, they're just really unique. He builds them from the ground up, so they're definitely set apart from a lot of the other stuff you probably see out there today. So I'll give you some backgrounds on him. He is definitely described as the master of gore on props and haunted houses. He's going to talk tonight about his uh, first haunted attraction that he created. It ran for um, five years in uh, Seaside Heights, New Jersey. It was called the Zombie Extreme. And I'm sure any of you horror fans out there would know about this. It received a five-star rating. His haunted houses have also been featured in the Daily News, the Staten Island Advance, News One, Haunted Row Magazine, Haunted Halloween, HauntedFreaks.com, and Newsday, to name a few. I mean, his stuff is out there. It's everywhere. If you just type his uh, name into Google, Creepy Collection, you're going to find it. And again, you can visit them at CreepyCollection.com. So one of the things he was really involved in was building these haunted houses. And it was in 2003 he started to really get interested in building props that looked real. So that's when he launched... Creepy Collection, as I mentioned, creepycollection.com, and it really has become the number one custom place for online props um, that people can purchase, animatronics. It beats all the competitors. His stuff, as I mentioned, it really is known for its realistic quality, and it has been featured in so many different films and TV shows. I want him to plug those tonight. I don't want to give too much away, so I'm going to let him get into that later in the show. And... Um, Again, we're going to bring him on, and I really want to start from the ground up. I want to learn a little bit about him as a kid and, and how he got into uh, the horror world and industry. So without further ado, let's bring Jerry on. Hello. How are you? I'm having some problems with this zombie, and she's, like, harassing me, and I need some couple advice on it. Can you, since you're a psychotherapist, I figured, you know, I'm a pretty much a psycho, <laughs> and I could use some of your therapy. So my female zombie girlfriend over here. Because, Your female zombie you know is harassing she just, you. She just don't talk too much. And I really like to communicate very well, as you can tell. And I like to talk, and she don't want to talk. So what's your advice? And oh, you're like, gosh. I heard you. I was laughing. I was like, oh, I'm not talking. No, <laughs> no work, okay? No one calling up with their problems. You know, she can't stop biting me. What do you think I should do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jeremy. We'll have to. I I would need some time to process that, and then I can come up with some uh, coping mechanisms for you to manage this. But that's a great way now, to start Carrie, out the show. Carrie's the <laughs> only you. one that actually scares me when I talk to her because I'm like, is she analyzing me while I'm talking to her? And I start worrying, like, should I not say something? You know, you, you, you can analyze. Oh, you know, oh no, stop. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, I love she you. Analyzed? You're great. Don't worry about that's it. Like, she's no talking about zombies. All right, thank you. <laughs> so what's cooking? Now, the only thing, you yeah. know, you did bash my last name, by the way, but that's okay, because a lot of people do. And, How do you um, pronounce it? Uh, Sandro, you know. And, and the funny thing is, you almost okay. had it right. You I almost, almost did. You're okay. pretty close. You're pretty close. You're pretty close. <laughs> that damn apostrophe. But anyway, yeah, you know. Um, I know. I was trying to pause. I'm like, where do I do the pause? Yeah. Do I not do the pause? Do I just kind of let it flow? So, okay, but thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. No problem. It. And also, the zombie extreme, I did not run for five years. I did six haunted houses, I think, in five years. 
But oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, the well, zombie thing was one season and two seasons. But no big deal. It's no big. It still happened. It's no it, okay. no, no biggie. Well, we're going to no get biggie. into that in the show because I definitely, mm-hmm. like I said, I want to use kind of like a timeline with you just because I love horror. I grew up watching horror movies. Maybe that's why I work in a correctional setting. Uh, maybe that's not, oh, yeah. you know, surprising. So I really wanted to start from the ground up with you and ask you just, you know, reflecting back when you were a little kid, what was the first thing, I guess, what first attracted you to the horror world? Was there something that you were exposed to that, you know, made you develop this interest? Ah, uh, you know, I, 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 it was, it's kind of hard because it branches out in so many aspects with me. Like when I was a kid, I was five years old, and mom took me to see Jaws because I asked her to, you know, and I couldn't even pronounce the word Jaws correctly. I think I called him George. And <laughs> yeah, and back then it was like the number one movie of the summer when it came out. So she, like, un- you know, my mom's a little off, you know, a little crazy sometimes. But she took me at five and waited on two hour line, and then I got in the movie theater, and the the uh, sound went on, you know, the doom doom. And I turned around and said, "Mommy, I don't like George no more. I want to leave." And she was okay. like, "Are you kidding me? I just waited two hours." But I, was, I told her later on when she told me this, so I was like, "No, but are you kidding me? You took a five year old to see Jaws? So can you wonder what the hell is wrong with me now?" So you know. <laughs> I would have to believe, like, you know, it was always like, um, I don't know, I was just attracted to it. You know, growing up um, back in the late 70s, early 80s was like the heyday for horror, you know. Like all the greatest horror movies and, you know, out. And I used to have to have like a thousand masks when I was a kid and play up all these characters and bounce around from Dracula to Frankenstein to Wolfman. And, you know, it was crazy back in the days. But, you know, what always intrigued me was definitely like, I think... The Halloween movie from John Carpenter was one of the things where I mean, like to me, that was like Halloween was a, was always a special night. You know, it was a a night of dressing up and going out and trick or treating, and you know, be, being someone who you're not, and that's a great release. You know, sure. and um, but yeah, you get to step out of you for a day, and um, you know that that's basically what the whole day is. But then when I saw Halloween, I I, I saw terror, and I was like, man, that's really fun. You know that could be that could be great to like scare people because that's what Halloween's supposed to be. Right. And right. and then I started like, you know, making my own haunted houses in the in alleyways in Brooklyn, and uh, telling kids to come on in and jumping out with these Ben Cooper rubber masks with no costumes on, just like regular clothing. So how old were you? Daylight. Just to, I'll interrupt a little bit here and there. How old were you when you first when you put your first haunted house together? Oh God, uh, maybe eight years old. Really? Yeah, and we, how did you... Yeah, we ju- it was crazy. We jumped this neighbor's fence because they had the best alley, and she was an old woman and couldn't stand us kids, you know, being there. And she said, like, get out of right. my neighborhood, get out of my alley. And then she came out and saw us, like, me in the mask and two other masks I had. And we were all looking up at her. Oh, my God, what's going on here? I was like, yo, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to so, go. And what did... Did you have a lot of friends growing up who were also into this? Did... Or were you kind of someone who was a little idiosyncratic, kind of stood out a little bit? People might have thought, you know, why is he into this stuff? What was that like? No, nah, no, nah, you know, it was weird because it was kind of the reverse okay. where uh, you, I had lots of friends. And, you know, we did lots of things. We rode bikes. We played baseball. Um, you know, we did it all. And I always kept this to myself. Oh, okay. Like, I would never, like, you know, except for that one time I did the haunted house, which was like, what do we do today? I was like, come on, guys, let's do a haunted house. 
And they were like, huh? And I was like, yeah. But most of the time I always kept it to myself, kept it, you know, to me, I was in my room, or, you know, I watched, I watched it on the TV. I never, like, really shared too much, you know, about it, except for my mom. Like, she used to, we used to sit down as I got a little older, like around 12, 13, 14, we started watching a lot of horror movies together because she always liked horror. And okay. um, I was kind of intrigued by it. You know, I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, look at, look at the, how they're doing these effects. And, man, I would love to do something like that, you know. And uh, that's, right, that's how it started. And then, then I kind of dressed up and started scaring people in Brooklyn at this place. Uh, we used to close the street off. And this guy used to decorate his house. And they were crazy. They, I mean, these guys taught me how to be nuts and, and scare okay. people. Okay. I mean, cause they they would I mean they would jump on cars. They did not care. Um, right. You know, they took it to a new level for home horners. And this was back in like 1988, 87, 86, somewhere around there. So uh, you know, that that was the cool part. But um, we learned, I learned a lot from that on uh, how to act and, and scare. And, and took some little cue. You know, learned how to take it in the chin. You know, mm-hmm. when you're an actor, mm-hmm. people. You know, people are going to wisecrack you. It's just the way it is. And that's actually, you come to realize that's their fear because they don't know what else to say, so they say stupid things instead of saying, like, oh, my God, like, I can't, you know, they're trying to show up to their girl. They don't want their girlfriend to see the actually all scared and, you know. Right, right. Girl, you know. All but right, that's, cool. Oh, dude, nice. you look horrible. Oh, dude, you know, dude. Those are the guys that, like, as you get older, you really like to really scare and get even more aggressive with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. No, thank you for sharing the background because I definitely wanted mm-hmm. to get some background and, you know, some foreground for your your interest in this developing. So, but when did you start to, because you went to, when we talked off the air, and I wanted you to share a little bit about just mm-hmm. what you did prior to getting involved. You know, what were you doing for work? So, you know, as a kid, you're into this horror stuff, and you eventually go through high school and college, and uh-huh. what were you doing? What were you doing prior to getting into the uh, horror industry? I was a stockbroker. You can't get any more left than wow. that, right? Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a. There's definitely a disparity between those two things. <laughs> yeah, except, yeah. I was except doing for the a, craziness, I, right? Except for I'm sure the people. Oh uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know what? And the funny part of the whole deal is, I hated mathematics, especially fractions. Cannot stand fractions. So I don't know how the hell I became a stockbroker. And I even sat there like, what am I doing? It's like I can't stand doing fractions. So I do all day. Right, but you must have been really bright, I mean, to get into that line of work. Yeah, I passed the test, you know. It was a, a <laughs> You're long like, yeah, time. I passed the test. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what it is, it's like, it's a part, you know, it's a good part, but, yeah, it's kind of like there's probably a lot of people from my era that, you mm-hmm. know, became stockbrokers, and um, they probably are, some of your patients, maybe, you know, Maybe. but I always kept on. I, I kept on a good, clean path. I, I saw what that was about, and I was like, you know, I'm not about ripping people off. And I kind of went right. to the good side of things, you know, which means that yeah, I wasn't driving no Ferrari. I wasn't gonna, you know, um, buy a house out in the uh, Hamptons. But at least, you know, in two years from now, I don't have to worry about, you know, other things. So that so was a good you, part of it. Why did so? If you weren't into fractions, you, you weren't a fan of math. Why did you choose initially that profession again before you get involved uh, in all the crazy collection stuff? Well, you see, I kind of was dating this girl back then, right? And okay. I asked, and she asked me like, "What do you want to do with the, you know, with her dad sitting there?" And he was like a garbage man, a very serious garbage man. He wanted like you know, he to come out with the answer and say garbage man. And I turned around and said, "Nah, I want to do. I want to like, I want to rent out Marine Park and 
I'm going to put a haunted house in it, and I'm going to charge people. We're going to, you know, I'm going to make my living like that, and I'm going to scare everyone. I'm going to scare the world. <clears throat> I swear to God, if father almost fell off this, like the, the chair, and you know, later on I got a lecture about that, you know, and she was like, I don't understand you. Why can't you just say, you know, what you mean and you know, be like your brother. Your brother's saying he wants to do computers, and you're sitting here talking about scaring people with masks. My father doesn't like that. He thinks you're a little off the wall. And so I, I kind of went to this, like, college, the College of Technology, to learn how to be an air conditioning mechanic to make her happy. And I couldn't stand it. And then my friend became a broker, and I was like, dude, you know, when you uh, – because I, I was always into sales. And I did a lot of sales jobs. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, he wanted me to come and to be in a broker because it's a lot of sales. And I was like, when you make money, you come knock on my door. So he came knock on my door one day and said, here's my check for 25 grand. I was like, oh, well, wow. the day has come. I was like, the day has come for me to to, to follow you now. You you came and proved that, you know, all that bumping and grinding. Because when you get involved in the beginning, it's a lot of nonsense. You make like 200 bucks a week. It's really, like, you know, horrible. Right. Horrible. Right. And, um, you know, so I didn't want to go through that for no reason. You know, I was like, so he did it, and I and then I did it, and then I saw how bad it was, and then I went and did you know, things are a little more normal than what everyone what else was. What was really, I guess, for you, what was, and I hear a lot of people say that it's just, you know, it's a very stressful job, and I guess what was the breaking point for you where you were just like, you know, this is not for me anymore? I've seen a lot of drug use, you know. There was a lot wow. of people turn into drugs to, um, yeah, I don't do that stuff, and this is my drug, Halloween, and horror. And, sure. And, you know, so that, yeah, and, and that's what made me go to the, you know, the plus other things to the right side. Then when I got to the right side of the world, it's kind of like a bias that was um, pushing me away from the stock market where, you know, guy from Brooklyn, you know, sitting next to people that graduated these top colleges and, you know, they made sure I knew that and I was getting very aggravated about it. So um, and I realized that, you know, I'm not the type of person that stick me nose up in the air kind of person and that's not me and I'm never going to be that. Even though I could do this job and I did it quite well, I was like, you know, this 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 something ain't right. I come to work, I'm angry every single day. Right. You know, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to come to work and be angry. So, you know, and I always had this niche that I want, you know, of doing Halloween. I was doing it not professionally. I was scaring people for free outside my house every Halloween and being in the papers and filling up all these things. And so I was like, you know, like old women wouldn't even walk in front of my house because nobody was safe. And, right. uh, you know, we'd scare anybody. And, um, you know, so I said, you know, I really want to try this out as a profession, you know. And um, so then we, I, I just, my, you know, my my wife at the time, she was, like, telling me, do it. Just go ahead and do it. Right. And I was like, you sure about this? Because we just got married. I was like, this is a big change, you know. I'm going to go from being a stock market to jumping into my own thing. And, you know, right. it's kind of gutsy. But, you know, I, I believed in myself. But I knew it was going to be a long road, you know, and, as anything worthwhile is, you know, that's the main thing. Right. That when you're doing something, no matter what, whether it be Halloween, whether, you know, you want to be a hairstylist when you're trying to be an actor or a songwriter, a, mu- yeah. a musician, uh, it's a long process. Nothing comes quick. Don't don't anybody fool you with that. It's, it, 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 that's the furthest from the truth. It's going to take you a lot of heart and dedication. And a lot of times I call it the demon. The demon is, is the thing that tests you. Yeah, you know, until you, until you conquer it, it's not going to give up its bounty. So, a lot of times it tries to conquer you, and a lot of people let that demon conquer them. By, right. Um, I like I like that. I like the way you define it like that because I'm 
just kind of empathizing and definitely can relate to everything you're saying, where even everything I've done in my life, as you know, it's been a very long process, and it's been about persevering and dedication and motivation, and I, I agree with you 150% that nothing oh, yeah. comes easily. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing good. Nothing good. And you got to fight. you got to fight for it, and, uh, yep. you know, whether no matter what you're doing, and it's worth the fight. You know, and, and let me tell you, there's people that told me I was crazy. There was people that told me that that um, I should give up Halloween, that I should give up trying to – because, you know, the easiest route that there is is um, to go What's the route that? of, like, oh, I'm going I'm to attend a special effects school. I'm going to go learn how to do these things professionally. Right. I'm going to pay a ton of money. I didn't do those things. I taught myself. And nice. I came up out of nowhere and – no one taught me how to paint. No one taught me. I have a talent for it, but still, raw talent is nothing unless you develop it. And, uh, you know, so that that turned around and, you know, blossomed. I blossomed it through all the negativity. And that's the key to anything you're doing is there's going to be a lot of what we call, and this is the one thing the stock market was good at, dream stoppers. Dream stoppers are people that try to stop your dreams and um, don't let them. Uh, you know, people t- I love when someone tells me I can't do something, really get to right, do it. Right, right. Yep, so, me too. So, you know, Absolutely. No matter what, they're like, oh, you can't build this. Oh, no? Done. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so let's. So what year was it when you, you so you quit this, you know, you're with your wife and she's supporting you and you decide to quit the stock market. When was that around? What year was that around? Oh, 2001. It was um, okay. a few months after September 11th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, was it? Was it? No, I'm sorry. 2002. I'm sorry. I lost in my years. Yeah. That's okay. No, it was actually, you know, this, September 11th had a lot to do with my decision, too, because I was kind of in the building, but not before the planes hit. Um, okay. Okay. Not during the plane set. I mean, before the plane set, I used to. We, they actually moved us off Wall Street to Jersey City, so I'd have to take a path train to go from the World Trade to Jersey City, and. Um, I got to my desk and the first plane hit. I was just there. And I was like, holy crap, what the hell's going on? You know, so I saw that happening. And, you know, I was like, man, those people just woke up and went to work that day. That's all they did. They did nothing to nobody. Right. And it's over. And I was like, you know what? If I don't change myself or what I'm doing, and and, and I'm just, maybe what happens if that that process could happen in two minutes, ten years, five years, Mm -hmm. two years, 50 years, doesn't matter. The time is all, of, of, you know, irrelevant. It's the actual what you're doing with your life that means everything. So I was like, you know, I really got to make a move and do something that, you know, is meaningful for what I want to do with my life. You know, uh, that's and then that was it. That was and then you know, took a lot of lot of persuading, but yeah, you know, and tried it. And yeah, we got along. We got we got beat up pretty bad. <laughs> well, I wanted to definitely. Let's do this because I think this would be a good part to take just a quick break. I'll do a you know it's mm-hmm. like a few a few minute commercial thing, and then we're going to get back and really get into your haunted houses, the props, the upcoming convention, and all that stuff. I think that'll be a good way to kind of uh, you know segment the stuff. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm just going to put you on hold real quick, and then I'll bring you back on within again like two to three minutes. Okay. All right. Hold on. Okay. Here. Okay. All right, everyone, again, you are listening to the Carrie Edelman Show, and we currently have Jer- Jeremy on. I call him Jerry. I know that sometimes he, uh, I would call him that off the air, so I apologize. Um, 
So we have Jeremy on from Creepy Collection. Please check them out at creepycollection.com, and it's all of your number one top-notch horror products, including animatronics, props, body bags, anything you need, zombies, clowns, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the products and everything he creates when we come back. So I just want to do a quick commercial break. We are going to feature, and um, Jeremy will definitely talk about this tonight, Zero by One Sound Studio, and Jeremy does a ton of work with them, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show. This is Jason Ruck Studio. It is in Cherry Hill. It's an amazing studio. It can give you anything you need. So if you need audiobook recording, voiceover work, you're a metal band, a pop band, whatever you are, they do everything out of this studio. We're going to check out them. Then we're going to check out a quick one from Flirt Energy Drink. And I'm a surfer. I'm into sports. I love working out. The female fitness energy drink. So check them out. And then quickly when we will come back, I will do my own verbal commercial for comedy and uh, Davin's Den. And I'm a huge fan of comedy too. So we'll be back in one moment. Zero by one sound. South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com. the gym? No, I drink Flirt. The pink energy drink? You like my energy, don't you? Yeah. Flirt is the first energy drink designed for women by women. Flirt, the one in the pink can? Flirt is jam-packed with natural ingredients. Really? Zero calories, DHA, folic acid, green tea, and putia. I can get it here at the gym, right? Flirtsport.com. Flirtsport.com. Yeah, Flirtsport.com for a location near you. All right, everyone, and the last plug I want to do is for Davin's Den, and this is an amazing show. You've got to check this out, especially you fans of comedy out there. It is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you are looking for a show that can make you think and laugh out loud at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time to watch live episodes, hear or watch old episodes, or find out more about the show go to Davin's Den's page on davincomedy.com. All right, Jeremy, you are back on now. Hello. Okay. Hello, we are back. So we're now we are going to go into 2002 when you decide to put yourself and everything you have into oh. developing your passion for horror and creepy collection. So why don't you just kind of take the forum there and start telling us what was your first step and how did you decide to take the launch into this world? Well, we just wanted to get going, you know. We wanted to do something different, you know. And we, we kind of started doing how-to DVDs because we were teaching people how to build props because um, we always built our own props. And, you know, we were teaching people how to, you know, build bodies, uh, very simple bodies out of it and put masks on them and decorating their homes like that. And uh, so we did a lot of touring of a lot of haunts and, you know, I met a lot of people within the haunted house industry uh, off the bat. And, um, you know, so I was I was eager to get started in, in a haunted house. 
And that was okay. a big goal. So uh, once we found a location, which was Seaside Heights, which on the record I was totally against um, okay. going to Seaside Heights. I didn't want to do a haunted house there, but my partners did, and I kind of gave in to them and said, okay, let's go for it. And, you know, we were there, and we scared a lot of people. I mean, we had uh, – no, yeah, we had um, – well, this, the sign is somewhere. I don't want to move around too much because I got a bad reception in my sh- and I'm afraid it will drop the, the phone call. But if okay. it does, I'll call right back. Yeah, uh, but anyhow, really we have a, um, a standing key count of, uh, I think it was 25 people, okay. if I'm reading that sign right, uh, that peed, peed over the summer, peed their pants, inside or outside the haunted house after coming through. Really? Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. We had, i never forget, there was this guy, uh, one of my friends, Al, he was an amazing tattoo artist. Uh, he, he has passed on since um, he's no longer in, on this earth, but he um, okay. he came running to me one day from in the boardwalk, and he was like, and he was from Philly, so he had that Philly accent, and he used to be like, he guys like, what'd you do? You scared us so bad. I'm like, what'd I do? And then he from back from Brooklyn, I'm like, what you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. I don't know your language. Scurred. And he's like, oh, man, she peed right by my by my, my tattoo place. She goes, i never seen nothing like that. What would you do to her? And, you know, so we were really good at scaring people. And, you know, we made a difference. People were comparing it. They were like, the zombie extreme is as good as, as, good as Long Branch. And that was a big compliment to me. Um, right. We were scaring haunters, people that were coming. You know, we had haunters coming down from all over during the summer and touring. And we were letting them actually... It's kind of like once you start scaring people and you get that, you know, that, that thrill for scaring someone, you actually want to do it. So these haunters during the summer were like, oh, you might have come in and scared. Go ahead, man. Go get the costume. Dress up. I was like, go find it. I wouldn't even tell them. Cool. Because they know. They've been doing it. They jump in there and bomb the X start scaring people. And, you know, we, we, we became like the number one haunted house in like all of New Jersey and um, very fast. And uh, we, we were given a lot of competition. We had Fright Fest show up online at our line when we did the October haunt there as well. And people told me I was nuts that I would never make any money or I would have nothing but Seagull. My the house in October, I proved that wrong. There was another one of those days, you see. Awesome. Tell me you can't, and I did. And uh, everything was cool up until then, except that, you know, that guy Sal, God rest his little soul, turned around to me one day and I had about an 800-person line, and my landlord showed up with a bill, and he said, you're in a lot of trouble, my friend. And he would go, what are you talking about? He goes, he's seen 800 people online. You're in a lot of trouble. He goes, mark my words, he's going to try to get more money out of you. And sure enough, the kid was 100% right. And that's why the zombie stream is no longer there. They tried to, uh, yeah, force me into something that I didn't want, you know, a 50% raise in my rent for the next season. How is that going to happen? Or I could have... Right, Harry. Or I, or I could have some new business partners. You know what I mean? That's what they wanted. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm doing it. Right. So that I was, was like, you're not going to muscle. That one year that you did it. Yeah, we were only there one year because of that, and it was kind of upsetting because we just redesigned the whole place for the next season. And wow. um, yeah, but I, you know what? It was okay because yeah. it was a learning curve, and mm-hmm. you know, it taught me some business things that I needed to know, and. Uh, you know, and and also out of those, out of that ashes of leaving that place, which they never thought I would do, they thought I would rather cut my head off. Um, <laughs> Creepy Collection was born. Creepy Collection was born out of that. 
So nice. uh, it was kind of, it was kind of a blessing because uh, I probably would not have Creepy Collection right now if that place was still open. Interesting. So, so, so you yeah. leave the the haunted house in Seaside, and just to digress, mm-hmm. are you looking to at some point build another featured haunted house? Oh, for absolutely. Yeah, we right. were trying. We actually put all the, all the props in storage, and we're selling out like five, six thousand dollars that ten years ago or more. That's more, right? That's ten ten years ago. Yeah, uh, in, in storage fees. So a year. So I was like. You know, at one point, it was 2003, and we're like, you know, we got invited to do this little thing called the PA Gathering of Haunters out in Pennsylvania. Um, And that is National Haunters Convention now, just to let you know, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But that was the beginning stages of it. It was inside of a church, a gothic old-school church, and they were like, you know, they're like, come on down, come to a seminar on haunting. And I was like, all right, you know what, it's Memorial Day weekend. I really don't have, not opening the haunt. Uh, the horns closed. I was like, you know, we got a bunch of these props just sitting here doing nothing. I was like, Let it, let's go there. We'll take up some props. Maybe we'll sell them out. We'll get some extra cash, and we'll mm-hmm. have a nice Memorial Day weekend. So uh, we did that, and we were selling out some of our props from the horn just to get rid of them because we didn't see any opportunity to reopen anywhere down the seaside. And, um, you know, I kind of they give they, when you go to these things and they're little gatherings, they, you, you get stuff. And, so there was these masks, these zombie masks, I'll never forget them, by this guy named Labadi, and he was an excellent mask producer, and I wanted okay. these zombie masks more than anything in the world. Like, this woman won them, and I was, like, literally going to give her a $500 prop just to get these masks. Wow. And I was so upset that I didn't win the mask, and I won a skull. So I turned around to my partner at the time, and I was like, what the hell am I going to do with this skull? And he was like... <laughs> I don't know, man. You don't have a haunted house no more. We don't have this. He's like, I don't know. Put it on top of your computer. So I went home. I put it on top of my computer. And I kind of got a little bored, you know, and uh, I started tinkering around with that skull. And I grabbed it and um, started doing all these different effects on it. And I was like, oh, snap, this looks kind of really cool. I was like, I was like, man, I never really tried to make something like this. And everything, we always use a mask and a body and a mask. Now I actually made an artistic prop. I was right. like, so I showed it to my partner at the time. And when he showed up, it was already in a bag with a creepy collection header on it. I was like, what do you think of right. that? And he was like, right. He was like, oh, that's awesome. Where did you buy it? I was like, no, nah, dude, that's a skull I won. He was like, what? And I was like, I mean, I did that. And he was like, you did this? And I was like, yeah, I was kind of bored. So I started breaking around some paints and some latex and started making it decrepit and bloody. And he's right. like, yo, we got to do this. You got to do this. This is something, you know, you got to do. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it my best. And I started practicing. That was 2003. So okay. I really started to train myself on prop making professionally in 2003, probably like June 2003. Um, I fast forward a little bit. By 2005, yep. 2006, I was probably the number one prop making uh, company on eBay selling props that we people were just going crazy for what I was doing, and That's then two thousand. Yeah, so that, that, quick, that was just, amazing. Just give it us was, a little bit of that, information of how do you go from like you said, self-training yourself, learning how to make these props by scratch on your own. You didn't go to like you said, you didn't go to some special school or nope. a special effect place. So how do you go from that in two thousand and three ish to two thousand and six being this number one online? What is your recipe? How does this happen? Do you have a big management company? You're doing it on your own no. in terms of promotion? Just not sleeping. Not sleeping. Not, wow. <laughs> it's trial and error, you know what I mean? Just 
right. trying different things, seeing what, you know, I, I would say it, but I won't say it, even though we're on the Internet. But right. there's a, a nice way to say it, throw a bunch of things, throw a bunch of beep on the wall and see what sticks. You know what I mean? Right. And that's right. what was, that, that was the pure ingredient for Creepy Collection in the beginning. Try a little bit of everything. Put it up there. See if someone buys it. Someone buys it, okay, let's make more of this, but let's make it a little different. Always trying to better it, you know? Right. And, 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 that, that would, and then, you know, after a few years, you actually start developing the skills, start even developing even more. And um, so uh, that was, I always considered my training grounds when I was on eBay and I was just in the beginning stages of, mm-hmm. of what this is now. And, um, and then, like, I remember it was 2007, and there's our big, our big industry haunted attraction show called Transworld. That's like the Oscar Grammys uh, Super Bowl of the Halloween industry. That's the best of okay. the best of the best. The right. whole industry goes to this one show, every haunted house from around the world, not just America. This haunted house is all over the place. Like we wow. just got an order from Universal Studios Singapore. Um, they go to that show. And, um, you know, so we turn around and there's a lot of people there. And mm-hmm. 2007, I was kind of like always nervous about going. I was like, yeah, what if I go and, you know, what if I fail and, you know, what if I'm laughed at? And, you know, these people are super-duper professional prop-making companies, right, the guys right. that work in movies. I was like, I'm just a little guy from the street that, you know, I never learned nothing. i never been to no school. I never, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be a laughing stock, you know. Right. So, and I got a fortune cookie, and the fortune cookie kind of sealed the deal for me for going. Because I sat what down, it say? and it said, why fight for scraps when you can go for the whole thing? And I turned right. around and said, hmm. I was like, so eBay's me fighting for scraps because, you know, people, you know, always want to get things discounted and cheap and cheaper on eBay. So it's like, you know, you're always fighting over that for the cheapest price. And so I was like, you know what, let me give it a shot. I said, what's the worst thing? I lose three grand. That's how much it costs to go. And I was like, so I was like, I've lost more than that in the past. So let's, let's just do it. And we went and we did pretty good. And, you know, uh, that was, I consider our first year as a true professional um, prop making company and believe it or not cool. people did laugh you know some of our vendors uh, other vendors our competitors now were like oh look at their, their stuff because it was different than what we're making now and okay. you know we were uh, being mocked at behind the scenes by a few um, that nowadays I would probably say we des- definitely disrupt their lives <laughs> in major <laughs> there ways there you go your so, hard work and, and I love the real quick I love the analogy Jeremy of you know, fighting for the scraps and just kind of going for the whole thing. I think that was a perfect way that you said that. So that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, well, it's not me, the fortune cookie. That is exactly yeah. what the, I never forget I that fortune. It's, it's funny you say that, though. Every time I open one, and I'm not, like, superstitious, but well, maybe a little bit. But I always, yeah, I always do look into what they, what is said in those things, and I think, you never know, it might have some relevance in some weird way. So it gets for it you. It does. Yeah. Terry, what I've learned, and that's a whole different thing but uh, than haunting, but there's messages from everything around you every day, and you have to pick up on them. If you don't pick uh-huh. up on them, you can't blame nobody but yourself. And so right. I take everything, like even the smallest little stuff, as a possible message. And even something as small as a fortune cookie can persuade my thinking, like it did, to go to go do it. You know, and, and it was something that we were, yeah, we were excited, and we went, and on the way home, we were excited. We were like, "Wow, we did great!" And this is, you know, amazing. And you know, it was it was like, "This is us." And now they got to know us. And you know that, but still, a lot of haunts didn't buy from me. It was you know, we were just starting to get our ankles in the water. Sure, um, sure. Around 2009, I would say, 
you know, we, we started getting more horns, and the zombie horde was born. That's our zombie, you know, what we're known for, having the best zombie props. And they, that was when the year they were born. And unfortunately, they were born during the bad economy and okay. the meltdown. But, you know, we hung in there, and we fought through that. And in 2010, you know, um, we went, we did more, and, you know, we, we definitely connected even bigger. And 2011, I think, was our biggest year of connecting with almost every haunted house. Me as an artist has, had grown into new heights. And then I would say now this year, 2012, I would have to be, like, one of the top, if you know, artists of what I do. And I'm still metamorphosizing. It's still changing. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I constantly upgrade my stuff to make it as best as it can be and, you know, uh, to make me better, which – you know, it's kind of like you get to a point and it's like I want to stretch myself even more now. You know, it's like right. nothing's ever good enough. What I did yesterday is already like, eh, you know, that was done. Let's make it better. And right. uh, I right. think that's one of the driving successes. You know, it's a lot. So it's a lot many... to do. A lot of competitive. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I'll, I'll no, I said it's a very competitive, it's a very competitive industry. Okay. Oh, I can't imagine. I know. I mm-hmm. know. And I was going to say, so how many people right now, and I definitely want to get into talking about your you know, involvement with Jason Ruck at Zero One Sound and, and the voiceover work and how you're working with Audio Zombie, which is his, uh, you know, branch out of Zero by One Sound, too. So how many people do you have working with you? Because I know you said in the beginning you were kind of up all night doing these props by yourself. How many people now have, help you build them? Uh, I don't have, you know, just it, it's hard to find the right people. That's the problem with this thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, this is a, a, a job of passion, you know, it's not a job that you're going to, um, you know, make $150,000 by racking right. You know, I, I put in a massive amount of hours to get what I feel as a good day's work done. This is a, a job of, 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 of passion and love. The whole industry, not just the prop side, not just uh, the haunted house side, everything related to anything you do artistically, you're never going to get your fair share out of it. It's exactly. just the way it is. Anything mm-hmm. you physically make or do or create is, you know, it takes hours upon hours of thought, development, you know. So it's something that, you know, you have to realize that. So, you know, people who do work with me, you know, we, we try to find the best of, like, what we can find. I have uh, Val. She's been with me for years, mainly mm-hmm. just her. She's my, you know, um, number one right employee. Right-hand woman. And then we yeah. have – right. She's right. She 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 um, is definitely um, a str- the strongest person I've ever met to do, you know, as close to me because I'm a pretty strong person with my endurance and um, okay. she's pretty there. I mean, she's not quite there too close to me yet, but, you know, she's um, she's getting there. And and then, you know, a few others, you know, like I have people that come in and out a lot. Okay. Not because uh, of, of, you know, I don't like them. It's just because it's a lot of always like little smigs and snares you know, that, that bother me, um, being an artist, being someone that's so passionate what I do, I, I'll, I'll come in this job, I'll come in every day, I'll give 100, 125, 140, 150% of myself every single day. You know, yeah. like I tell my staff, I say, you know, I'm not the type of boss that, that gives orders from a desk. I'm the type of boss that is in the trenches with you firing back at the enemy, you know, every single day. And yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be carrying the biggest gun bigger than all of you. Cause that, that's, that's so you know if you're going to work with me and i always tell people you don't work for me you work with me um then you're going to have to be just like that because i'm not going to settle for anyone that's around me that's half-ass i'm not because right. my props are going to be half-ass you yeah. know and and, <laughs> know. and if you, 
you know, and there's no amount of time in the world that I won't give to this. And, you know, there's no excuse why I won't be in my shop. And there's no excuse big enough other than death, you know. It's like the deadliest catch. I tell them the deadliest catch rule. You ever see that TV show, The Deadliest Catch? Uh, yeah, oh, I, definitely, yep. Okay, so the deadliest catch rule is if, 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 if there's not a bone sticking out, get back to work. Right. <laughs> so that's how serious I could. But we have a good time while we work. Don't get me wrong. Anyone who works around will tell you that uh, that that they have a great time working for, with, with Creepy. Um, but the thing of it is I'm very serious. And, you know, um, when it's crunch time, it's crunch time. And, you know, things have to be shelved. They have to be shelved. You know, I think there was right. one part last year I didn't see my kids for two months, you know, because it was wow. that busy. Yeah. Right. Well, I was seeing them here and there. I don't, don't think I left the house, but and you know, you, I didn't. Real quick, see where them, are you located? You're in. Are you in? You're in New York. Yeah, no. Yep. Staten Island. Island. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard I'd for love me to come work for now. you part time, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I have I told an art you background. I'd love to do that. Yeah, no, but I would love to help you build and paint. You I got mean, a I lot love of work. Stuff like that. All right, we'll talk off the air. I'm going to have a fifty thousand square foot hole in a house brewing. You know how much room that is to paint. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, that, so, so, but you know, that's what it is. So I demand okay. perfection, but Absolutely. not to say, like, you need to be an artist to work here. I have taken, in fact, the artist people are the ones I usually get the most problems with. It's the mm-hmm. people that don't know anything that I can install into them. Like, it's, it's a blank computer, and I'm going to install all the programs of Creepy Collection into you of oh, what we yeah. do. It's usually the people that come with pre-programmed that are my biggest problems. <laughs> I agree with you. Even in corrections, sometimes... Mm-hmm. The, you know, they call them green sometimes, the new people. Sometimes these fresh, you know, these new people with open minds that have good clinical experience but didn't necessarily work in, you know, prison, jail, corrections, they've been the best people because they're open to right. new experiences and you can develop them. And absolutely, I agree 100%. Definitely. Yeah, and, that's, that's, and then people that have their own preconcept of what, you know, what, right. how the art's done, how this is done, how this mold's made, how this should be painted. Right. You know, when I tell them to do it the opposite way, they look at me like I'm crazy and they challenge me. And I'm like, listen, I'm not really caring what you're saying. I'm telling right. you what to do because that's what it <laughs> right. looks like. And you're going to do that or we got a problem. <laughs> so right. exactly. you know, that's what it comes down to, you know. And other than that, I mean, like, we have a ball when we work. You know, we work hard, but, like, we'll play, like, all different types of movies while we're working because it gets monotonous. Oh, nice. You know, it does, you know, you have to entertain yourself, you know, because right. we're painting up, you know, it's like I tell haunted house people that, you know, they own haunts. It's like, you know, if you build your haunt the first time, it's all exciting, it's fresh, it's like, oh, wow, cool. I'm like, try building that haunted house a hundred times, and it has to be identical each and every right. time. It has to be the same friggin' little dot of paint on the wall. It has to be in the same spot. It can drive you insane. That's prop making. It's repetitive, doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over. After a while, you can just close your eyes and do it. However, so we try to keep it fresh, but we'll play like, we went through all five seasons of Paranormal State in the last two weeks. So, you know, it was like, <laughs> that's how much we work. Right, <laughs> but, absolutely. You know, so it, let's, it, um, let's digress a little bit. I definitely want to, you know, talk about the convention coming up. And first, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how did you uh, meet up with uh, Jason Buck from uh, Zero by One Sound Studio and start working with Speaking, him? Sure. Speaking of Jason Rock, Jason, okay. I sent you a message tonight on Facebook, and I know you're listening to the show. Carrie told me he was going to listen to the show. So I just okay. want to make sure you get my message. It's about the pig, Meister. Um, that's a proper working on. Uh, J- Jason and I met at the, sh- at the National Horrors Convention. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I met him. And he came over to me, and it was 2009 or 10. I think it was 2010. And he comes into my booth, and he was like, Hi, I'm Jason, and I'm from Audio Zombie. And I see you do animatronics. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I could do your sounds. We had some really, really basic sounds. And I was like, all right, I'll give you a chance. You know, I'll definitely do it. Because I always try to be, like, open to people when they walk in my booth instead of be like, oh, get out of here or, you know what I mean, leave me alone. Because I remember being that person walking in and trying to introduce yep. myself. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of people being that way to me, like, you know, not paying someone, you know. And it kind of was like, ah, you don't have to be like that. So, you know, I, when people come into if as long as I'm not swamped with people, I always give you an open ear and I always listen to what you have to say. And believe it, you know, I'll work with you. If I think it's a good idea, no problem. And Jason, you know, we tried out a few sounds and we were doing it and he does a great job. And he and, and Jason is probably the uh, creepy collection of sound. You know, he, he does things like no one else, like this pig miser thing that he, he, he made the sound for me to an animatronic <laughs> pig killer that when goes off, it squeals and grunts and it hacks at people. And um, he actually went into a into a pig pen and was, like, chasing pigs around with a microphone <laughs> to get the sound right. So nobody knows that. And I don't know if he's going to be pissed at me now for letting that out, but that's how hardcore that man is. That's oh, I why know. I like no, him. No, I heard some of these, and he, actually someone's calling him. We're going we're gonna to take this call in one second, so please hold on the line. We're going to get you in a second. But, no, I know from working with him, he's done some – he's told me some crazy stories about how he's obtained sounds going to different, you know, let's say it's a zoo. I'm just using that as an example. And I was like, oh, my God, the sounds. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> but I yeah, didn't want to really yeah. reveal that on the air. Yeah. But um, I called up Jason, and I said, I said, hey, I need a zombie dog. We're doing a zombie dog. Right. I was like, can you make me a growling, nasty zombie dog? So I, he had his neighbor, and he went over. He's like, you mind if I get some sounds from your dog or whatever? And he was like, yeah, but, you know, whatever. And the dog got all, like, Nasty with him because he was like, right. you know, and the dog didn't like him, and he was, it was like trying to bite him and stuff. And he's got the microphone there, getting those nasty sounds right. from him. <laughs> yeah, and he told me that. I was like, Are you out of your mind? I, I know. Was like, Seriously? He's like, Yeah, that's how we are, man. We're hardcore, just like you. I was like, That's fantastic. I was like, nice. This guy is is awesome. And any okay, guy, let me tell you, being a business okay. owner. Anybody who will go that distance to get something for you, for your product, whether it be, you know, whether it be a sound or whether it be, you know, someone that you're in the recording studio and he's doing your, you know, he's giving you that so that kind of, um, you know, that, that kind of, right, to, to, your, to you, to who you are, to your product, you know, that kind of service, that's, that's just rare. You know, and I know he doesn't, and I know that he, you know, his prices are very reasonable. He's like, that's why I say he's a creepy collection. Like, we give that kind of service, and we don't have a $1,000 prop or static, so 499 or 399 right. on sale. And, you know, people say, uh, you've got the best price props. Well, that's because I want to be, like, have the best looking and the best price because, you know, I can tell him I'm not driving, you know, a Ferrari, but, you know, I'm good. Right. And, you know, that's Absolutely. it. And he's, he's just like that. That's that's rare, you know. That's rare. Well, let's take let's take this caller because it might be maybe okay. maybe it'll be someone we know. All right. Okay, eight five six. You are on the air with Jeremy from Creepy Collections. Hey guys, this is Jay from Audio Zombie. Hey Jay, how Jay. are you? How you guys doing? <laughs> Good. How, you doing? how are you? We have the show blasting through the um, studio and. Uh, as we're doing some painting and uh, working on some creepy collection stuff now, actually. 
Nice. Good man. So, and, uh, you know, just wanted to call in and support. You know, Jeremy's been an inspiration for our company, the way that Creepy Collection has just a drive, nicest people we've ever met, you know, the only people in the industry that's given us a chance and kind of started, you know, giving us some recognition because, you know, when we make sounds for the best prop company out there, people start looking at us as well. So we just wanted to call uh, in, uh, you know. And I'll tell you, Jay, it's the truth. People, you know, when you try, he'll, he'll even, Jay will even attest to this, that even that into his experience, you know, people have kind of like a preconcept built into them about what, you know, it's like, oh, I drove a Ford for 10,000 years and I ain't going to drive another type of car. You right. know, and that's kind of like, you know, kind of the old way of thinking. And you really have to open your mind and be more broad, you know, and uh, really think about, you know, other aspects. Because, you know, like I was just having this conversation with a haunted, a haunted friend of mine. He came to, to the shop and he wants to place an order and we're talking. And he's actually a Jersey haunt guy. And um, you know he he has a he's has a, a beautiful haunted house inside. Uh, artistically, he's a special effects artist. He does great work. And you know we're kind of having this talk about blood because he is so anti-blood. And I was telling him, well, you know, you can't do everything you like. That's right. that's that's the first. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, if you don't like you know something, doesn't mean that the other customers coming through or the other people will not like that. You know, you have to cater to everybody's liking. And I've learned that myself because I was anti-clowns. But if you go to creepycollection.com, we got like 20, 25 clowns now, maybe 30. Yeah. And I, you know, kind of got into making them now because I opened the doors up to it, you know, and people love them. And, you know, it's something that, you know, five years ago I would have been snarled and like, I ain't doing those stupid clowns. Clowns are for circuses, not for haunted houses. Haunted houses have blood dripping from every inch of it and dead animals and, you know, da-da-da-da and pigs and girls with their insides ripped out, not clowns, you know. And and I've learned that, you know, no, to be a a well-rounded artist, a a well-rounded haunted house, you have to learn everything and learn to entertain everybody and you can't just give what you like you know just think about it this way if you went to burger king or you went to a fast food or any type of restaurant and they were like and they give you a dish not a menu and they say here's your food have a nice day right i don't want this right too bad i like it you're eating it go have a nice day that's not really servicing your customer servicing your customers what do you like i like this all right let me make you the best dish you're ever going to see whether i eat it or not and I think, Jeremy, I think you put it so well. And I think, and I just want to compliment Jay, too, just because it's been an amazing experience meeting him and, and had building a you know a friendship and a professional relationship with him. But he really did that for me because when I first met him, I was in, you know, we'll talk about this walk there one day and have, you know, a nice laugh. But, you know, I was all about, oh, I just want to do hard rock and I just want to, and he really helped me expand myself. And I've done so many different types of genres of music that, I might not have done if he didn't kind of say, hey, why don't you try this? And why don't you do something Absolutely. different? And it really has exposed me to a lot of stuff. And that's why I'm open now to doing everything and anything from voiceover work, whatever he has. I'm like, Jay, I'll do it. Just tell me what you need. <laughs> so I think Listen, that's such a really, yeah, I think, but like you said, it's being flexible and open to new things and not just 
serving someone one dish and saying that's what you have to take. So I think that's, that's about really that's, well that's, that's all I'm about. That's all I am. I can only be this. First of all, it's putting yourself in the box that you're never going to grow out of. You know, you're never going to learn nothing, and you're going to stay in that one little box, and you're never going to expand outward. You know, mm-hmm. or it's just going to be a replication of that box over and over and over again. At other, so my point is, grow out of the box, take the lid off, and learn some new things, and then. You know, give the people the choice and give them the best of what they like, you know, right. the best possible of what they like, you know, and then you open your parameters. Now now you went from, you know, uh, uh, if you're an artist, a music artist or a haunted artist or, you know, uh, a haunted attraction, you're going, you're, you're opening the doors to a bigger parameter. You're becoming more well-rounded as a, as a business, as a, as a, um, as an artist, uh, whatever you do, because you're experiencing more and you're opening right. yourself up to more. You know, right. and, and, and that leads to even more roads and more channels. And, you know, I've I never, ever seen anybody who, you know, uh, kind of added more to their repertoire and failed. You know, it, it just never happens. It, you're adding more. You know, I think Michael Jordan was probably the biggest inspiration in my life. Uh, I couldn't stand that man because I'm a diehard Nick fan. And, um, <laughs> you know, he, my, you know, my birthday is is, is the week of the playoffs, in deep in May, and every year that man made me very angry on my birthday because he always shut my Knicks down. And but as a, as as a player, the man was the most extraordinary player. Not because he was, I mean, he had talent. Don't get me wrong, but he thrived, practiced, stood at the court. You know, people would come do interviews to interview him. He would be shooting baskets. He'd be like, "Give me ten minutes. I'm almost done with my workout." Then do the interview. Then he go back right. and do more baskets. People told him he couldn't hit free throws, he practiced free throws. People told him he couldn't do this, he did this, whatever. So he added all that to his repertoire, and look where he went, you know. So yep. if he would have said a one-dimensional player, oh, I'm just going to dunk the ball, and hey, everybody loves when I dunk, and they, they, they snap the picture, never would have been the greatest player of all time. So, you know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, to become that, you have to broaden your horizons, do the things that you don't like to do, become very good at them, and, and, and you know, then only then you become a real threat, in my opinion, is when you can hit on anything, you know, anything. Right. right. And real quick, are you still there, Jay? Yeah. Okay, great. I thought you were, I had you on the line, but I didn't know if you were still there. Cool. No, that's fine. So, you know, Jay, really too, funny, you know? Um, listening to the story about how this all sort of happened with the um, skull that Jeremy did, because, yeah. as you know, on top of our computer, we have a skull from Jeremy. As you know, being here from at the studio, Gary. Right. Um, I don't know if you remember that that skull we have sitting right outside oh, yeah. the local booth. I do. Yeah, yeah, that? I can yeah. see that. Yep. Well, that was a gift from Jeremy. Uh, last Haunters convention, you know, we were packing up, and on our table he had a set of skulls, and you know, now looking at the skull and doing work for him, it even, you know, it's it's deeper because that's kind of how he started in a sense. So to me, it's very similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and especially, Jay, since now, you know, you launched Zero by One Sound with, on top of it, of course, Audio Zombie, and that's kind of very, like you said, it it is. It's very symbolic and meaningful to how he launched kind of his company and career, so that's amazing. Yeah, so looking up at this thing every night now even takes on, you know, a little bit more personal meaning, and, you know, we'll try harder and harder to serve everybody's needs, but especially Creepy Collections. They are basically, you know, our best customer they really gave us our shot in this industry and uh you know if no one has seen their stuff they have to go to the haunters convention at the philadelphia expo center may 4th 5th and 6th because you've never really seen the creepy stuff until you've seen it in person 
Because, right. you know, pitchers don't really show everything. When you feel how sturdy these are, there's weight to them, they can bend. They're just a high-quality product. And, you know, we don't say that just because we do work for them, but, you know, there was a reason why we went up to them at that convention and said, we have to do work with these guys because, you know, this is the kind of company we want to be attached to, high-quality, innovative, you know, so... I suggest Definitely. everyone come out and visit Jeremy's booth as well as ours, but mm-hmm. uh, you've never seen these props until you've seen them in person. Well, you know what it is when you see them in person, they take a three-dimensional depth on, where a picture only gives you like a two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And when you actually can see how big something is or how wide a fat zombie is and, you know, how the, the, the chins and all that stuff, and, you know, it kind of like blows your mind. Like people... When, they, when we deliver props, when they get the props, you know, like the biggest haunted house around the country, we just had one called Netherworld Haunted House out in Atlanta. I mean, you can't get any bigger than that. In fact, I believe it's the number one haunted house in the country currently. Um, owner of it named Ben Armstrong buys a lot of props from us, and, you know, he's he's been um, kind of on our list of getting things to get done because we were getting ready for Transworld. And we had a, we built like 275 new items for Transworld this year. And, uh so we were kind of backed up on his order a little bit because we kept building so many new props. But I told him I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make them look unbelievable. And uh, I just heard from them, and they were like, all I could tell you, it's on my Facebook, too. They were like, they're just beautiful. And when somebody, nice. You know, right. When, that, to me, is the biggest problem because, you know, in their eyes, their fellow haunters, you know, they see it as beauty. The, the more decay, the more, that you, you know, and it's, to them it's a work of art. It's beautiful. And that, to me, was like, Ah uh, man, I've, I've I've painted so many detail, so much detail into those props, and they're like it shows they are really beautiful, and that's the biggest compliment, you know, that we can get when someone says that that when they see it live, it's even like, wow, you know, and that's exactly it. And you know, National Horns Convention is coming up; it's next week. We're still getting ready. Um, as I'm talking to you, we got props being built right now, uh, and I have a lot to build myself. <laughs> but uh, we'll be working nonstop through the nights to get ready. Because wow. I, I, I'm a psychopath, and I added a bunch of new things. And, you know, I was like, yo, i got to do, you know, once I get a thought in my head, it has to come to life. And, you know, um, we got a, got a lot of things going on for that, that too. Uh, there's actually two haunted houses on the floor that are going to be live. Um, I don't know who's doing them. I, 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 I'm going to experience them myself. If nice. I can get a chance to get away from my booth, hopefully, God willing. And uh, usually I can at the convention. The trade show is very hard in uh, trans world. I usually don't leave my booth except to relieve myself or have a quick cigarette. And uh, that sends right back <laughs> to work for hours. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like um, it's going to be fun. It's a fun convention. It's it's probably one of the, you know, Halloween conventions around in the area that lets kids in. Uh, like Trans World, the big industry show, you can't have anyone under the age of 18 in the door. You're not, it's not general admission. There's no uh, person that coaches walk off the street and attend the Trans World show. Wow. So at National Hornets Convention, anybody can have access to um, the world of Halloween and haunted houses, not just on the aspect of going, but the aspect of vendors, the people behind the scenes that make these things happen. Because, um, you know, I know a lot of people out there probably that, you know, have haunted uh, home haunts, and always, like, go to haunted houses, like, where do they get those items, man? Look at that thing. How come I don't see that in the, in the store? How come I don't see that at the, you know, National Halloween Headquarters store that, you know, right. is on whatever? It's because <laughs> right. they're not 
they're not meant for those stores, and they're meant for the quality products that are built. Uh, they're built by hand. They're, they're made by artists. They cost a little bit more than what we're going to see. They help. Some of them cost a lot of it more. But, you know, the difference between those type of props, number one, you're getting a prop that has resale value. Like all props, you buy a prop from me, let's just hypothetically say a $499 zombie. Now, you're getting a movie-quality zombie with glass eyes that has layers and layers of hand and airbrush detail, blood effects that look real, glass eyes, uh, you know, top quality clothing, you know, everything. And it's wow. like, you know, yeah, so you don't get that in those stores. <laughs> and, you know, so you might get a standing six-foot zombie at that store for $199.99. Um, well, maybe I put too many 99s on that. But anyway, $199.99. <laughs> and, and, you know, so you go there and you pick up that zombie. It's made of plastic. The face is made of plastic. It's painted like, you know, not so good. You maybe get a, uh, a year or two out of that zombie, and then it's, you know, oh, maybe I can put it on eBay and I'll get, I paid 199 No one's ever going to give me that. So, oh, and I get 25 Okay, $30. Oh, I got something back. Well, our stuff has retention because we only come out with products for so, so many years. Like um, our zombies of this year, within two years' time are gone. We're not going to be selling them anymore. Uh, we, wow. we discontinue them. So this way they become collectibles. They become collector's items. People like that zombie, well, now you've got to go into the secondary market and try to find it. Right. Because we're not making right. it no more. Wow, so great. that kind of helps out. Yeah, that helps out the people that, you know, buy our products. And then they put it on eBay and they're like, 2012, blah, 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 zombie, da, 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 da. You know, and I paid four ninety nine, and chances are you'll probably get your four ninety nine back because it's going to be so, you know, people want it, and it's not, they can't get it. Where other big companies will just keep producing something until it's just so oversold that they ain't selling it no more. Um, right. You know, I have taken props that are still selling and not doing them anymore. And that's just the way, number one, I'm sick of doing them, and number two, it's like, you know, I want people to have something of value. And the right, only thing is we never really see. and original. Right, right. Right. And that they value. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that's so accessible that everyone in their uncle and brother can keep buying for the next five years. And it doesn't mean anything. It's not special no more, you know. Right. And, um, you know, we also do have cheaper zombies. We have zombies with, that have great detail at, you know, two ninety nine, two forty nine, one ninety nine, And the difference is, is you're getting a really good zombie, you know, for that price. And where we have the high-level stuff, we have all sorts of stuff. And, you know, the quality is what counts, in my opinion. You know, it's like animatronics. There's these cheap animatronics out there, and they cost 400 bucks or, you know, 299 at the local national or whatever store. After a year, they ain't working no more. Now, right. kind of, you know, <laughs> but if you buy a real good quality animatronic, it's going to cost you 1200 Yeah, that's and that's a, probably a cheap one. But you know what? It's going to last you 10 years. So it, when you look at it, $120 a year divided by 10 you know, that's what it costs you. But when you're buying something $400 every year because it keeps breaking, it's costing you more to buy the cheaper stuff than it is to buy the better stuff. That's true. And that's true. Yeah. Things, you know, it comes down to this. You always pay what you get for. You know what I mean? And if, if you're going to get quality if you pay for it. If you buy crap, you're going to wind up buying stuff that ain't going to work. And, you know, you're going to put it outside in the rain, and then one night, oh, how come it don't turn on no more? There's a reason for that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> same with Jay, you know, Jay's stuff, too. You do Quality sounds, quality this. You know, you're a haunted house. You know, I can't think of anything better than having your own unique sounds made for your haunted house. Not just uh, playing an audio CD, which I know Jay has those two, but the capabilities of having someone, especially if you're in New Jersey, I mean, to have your own qual- sounds that you tailor pick to each and every room, your own music. 
that's huge, man. That that's like having your own anything. You know what I mean? That's like having your own unique haunted attraction. And everyone says like, oh, ours is different, you know. And and in many aspects, they are different, but they're also very similar. I could go to pick five haunted houses. Just take a map, and all five of those haunted houses will have similar room designs, similar props, similar sounds. Nothing right. that distinguishes them from each other, except their acting styles, their costume, and their um, well, their their uh, artistic talent. Uh, how 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 much you know? How far uh, in advance their artistic talent is within scenery development and wall effects, and, and costume and props, um, or they buy props and you know whatever the case may be, how they do it. But you got to have something, a little niche that separates you from anybody. Like we we got tapped on our shoulder to do this big haunted house, possibly in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And right. That's awesome. That's, that's, yeah, that's going to be a massive undertaking. I mean, first of all, I don't do nothing, nothing that ain't going to be correct. So it's going to be scary. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. And it's also going to be extremely scary. And it's going to be <laughs> different because I'm telling you now, I'm preaching it. I already talked to Jay on this, and I said, you know, we need we need unique sounds. Jay, did I not? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, right. you know, I didn't know how much you were going to talk about that, but, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the beautiful thing, you know. It's very hard, I guess. I mean, I never built a haunted house, but you know, I don't understand the music part. It's very hard to build scenery with a vision and then try to find music or sound effects that meet that. That's why I think our industry is sort of underrated what we do and not really overlooked. But uh, Jeremy understands the importance of it, so he came to us yeah. and said, "We want to go over the top, big, extreme, everything." that is attached to creepy collections, it's, you know, the, the best that it can be. And, and they've proven I mean, it with their props. He's proven it as a friend, a business guy. I mean, everything, all the way around. So I'm excited about this haunted house, not only as a sound designer, but as a patron, because I know it's probably going to be the best yeah. one in Jersey. Yeah, oh, that, that sounds that. amazing. And, and I'll tell you this, too, as far as being a haunted house, I mean, like a lot of haunted house owners – even people that are just stepping into a haunted house, you kind of think about the big picture. And the big picture is, is you know, if you're doing a haunted house and someone like Jay's out there and, you know, you could pay him X amount of dollars for a sound, let's just say an introduction. you got people coming in. you got to pay someone to sit there and read a sign. You know what I mean? Sit there and read a sign and tell them, no pushing, no this, no that, no, da, 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 da. welcome to the blah, 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 haunted house, da, 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 da. You know, tonight you're going to experience this, that, 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 Well, you've got to pay that person every single day. You've got to pay them every single day of every single week you're open. And that right. position is going to be there for every single year that you're open. So now you're talking about just a, a pool of money going to one person that you could turn around and pay someone like Audio Zombie to make an audio recording of the same message and have that person just say, please line up and listen, hit the button. And they go back and get the next group, you know. So now instead of paying yeah. two people, the person to bring them in and the person to give a message you're paying one person, you know, and then you really want to break it down. You buy an animatronic, and then an animatronic takes the place of an actor because it actually scares. And now, yo, my God, an animatronic is so expensive. But you know what? In the long term, just like I was talking, they're less expensive because that animatronic takes the place of an actor. Every single night you're open, of every single week you're open, of every single year you're open. You paid for it once, and that's it. Right. Now, actors that are the guests that drive the engine. Yeah, well, it's true. And, you know, people don't think about that, but, you know, actors are very important. They are the gas that drives the engine that gets the haunted house. And, you know, you can't have a haunted house of all animatronics. That would be, like, just not good. And so right. you've you got to have a fine balance, a fine balance 
of, of having actors and having animatronics and having statics, unique sounds, and give it your own flavor. You know what I mean? Don't try to be like the guy next door, the guy two miles down the road, the guy, you know, 20 minutes from you. Be yourself. You wanted to be like there? I said. Okay, your phone was cutting out for a second. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you like and, to be yeah, mindful. They're the perfect employee there, too, right? They don't show up late. They're always there, always working. <laughs> they're never yeah, going to mouth exactly. back to you. <laughs> they don't have personality disorders. <laughs> you know, right. Well, you, you know, they're every time. You know, actors you know, can have good nights, bad nights. I think these things are just so right on. You know, every time we see a prop from this company, we just get so excited to work on it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's animatronics out there that will break down, and that's I'm not. God willing, we have not had a problem yet. Our animatronic builder is DC Props. He's out in the West Coast. And uh, he makes all the animations. I give him the designs. I don't make animations. So he, I just build the statics and the props around them and make them look amazing and, make, you know, vision what I want them to do. Like we have something coming out for National that's new. It's going to be an animatronic that's uh, going to come off the wall. It's going to look like it's a, the Exorcist. It's similar to the Exorcist, not the Exorcist. It's called Unholy Holly. And it kind of has that look and <laughs> feel of the Exorcist. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of looks like uh, she's hovering in the air and she comes lunging off the wall at you. So and she's right. screaming and Jason, Jason did the audio for it and he did probably, I would think, his best work yet. Because, um, you know, when I was going about it with him, I was like, you know, I, I'm a perfectionist, he's a perfectionist and we were listening to, like, well, how the actual Exorcist movie is and, you know, how the reverbs and all the, um, you know, it's, when, when she's screaming, it's not just one voice. It's like a buildup of voices to one loud voice because right. there's so many souls in her and stuff like that. So we wanted <laughs> to be as authentic as possible, you know, and um, Jay, Jay did a great job on it. I think this is probably his best work, you know, that he's done well, yet. And awesome. this will be unveiling for the first time there. Um, great. And, I just uh, want to say, yeah, Jeremy, so we've got to keep, just keep track of the time because I did add a little extra time on tonight before I started the show, but I would say another couple oh, okay. minutes. You know, no, just because I want to, you know, get everything in and you know, plug all okay. your other stuff and everything like that. But no, you can keep talking about that, and then you know, why don't you start tying things in with Jay and you know, Audio Zombie definitely plug them and the National Hunters Convention, and we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we don't, let's start off with the National Hunters Convention. So this convention is going to be the Mecca convention for Halloween horror in your area. There are other conventions out there in New Jersey um, that are horror-based conventions. That's not what this one is about. It's horror, tipping into horror, more into the Halloween, Halloween enthusiasts, haunted house enthusiasts, and giving you, like I said, the key to all the -the behind-the-scenes vendors that really make the haunted attractions home. That's going to happen next weekend. That's four, five, six of, I believe, of May. Yep. And it's a convention that charges only 25 bucks for the whole week. That's incredible. Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like I said, they have two, uh, two alive uh, haunted houses. There's seminars going on. So if you want to learn about the haunted house industry, um, you could, you know, I think they pay for seminars. So you add on what you want. You don't pay for what you don't want. And, um, you know, like some conventions will charge you one flat fee. And you pay for everything and you have access to But that, you know, maybe people don't want access to all that stuff, you know. So they try to do it a little differently by giving you the choice of access. And um, then you got all our props. you got props from all the companies, 
Audio Zombie's going to be there. All Scare's going to be there. There's going to be Castle Blood, uh, Mr. Ricky Dick. That's his, that's that's a, one of the uh, hardcore, you know, back in the day Hornets. One of the people that I watched coming up during my come up times. He'll be there. Okay. John Denley. Uh, he's another one. He did um, Haunted Houses in Salem. He also had uh, owned a big haunted house out there called Spooky World at one point. And he'll be there, and um, it's just going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a lot of a lot of cool stuff. I mean, everything from you know contacts to to zombies that look like they could be dropped into a you know a TV production, <laughs> any TV movie production, you know anything you is want at your fingertips. Goth clothing, um, steampunk stuff, uh, just going off memory. Um, I mean, hell, well, sometimes even some of these vendors give away Xboxes too, just for the fun of it. We're a very giving industry, I can tell you that. <laughs> I do wish someone awesome. gave away gave away an Xbox and someone went home with it. And um no, you know, so that that's they just do stuff like that. So it's a very cool convention and it's a good time. You know, it's twenty five bucks to get in. Um and, and then there's also a ball. There's a Day of the Dead ball um at on okay. Saturday night, uh, where you can dress up, even though it's not Halloween yet, and dress up as your favorite deadish character and attend the Day of the Dead Macabre whatever ball. And um, actually on Sunday's event is going to be a wedding between two haunters, I believe, in the convention hall. Oh, One of the convention cool. owners is getting remarried. And um, yeah, that's national. So in a nutshell, I think, and, you know, there's all these other touring haunted houses on Thursday, I believe. Uh, and there's a meet and greet on Friday. And um, Jay, where was it again? I know they moved it. I I I said King of Prussia, and that's wrong. Uh, the meet and greet this year will be on the show floor on Friday night at 8 o'clock. Okay, right. cool. And, and, cool. And that's where it's going to be. Right. So that's, that's a meet and greet for everybody for that's attending the show, I believe, and the vendors. But we'll probably be busy building our booth as usual and uh, at that time. And then, you know, on uh, – well, no, no, wait. You said Friday, Jay, right? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that, that's after national. The show, and after the that, closes, and then it's directly after the show. Okay. Uh, well, so we and I'm sure you can. Um, can you go to national? Is there a website? I'm sure for a national haunters convention website, you can just check com. it out. So yep. People can national. Yep. Nationalhauntersconvention.com, or you can type and just go to Google and type in national haunters convention, and it will all pop up. Then in okay. June, we have another one called the Midwest Haunters Convention. That's out in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Um, we do that show as well. That's the last one for the season. It's June uh, 6th to 8th out in Columbus, and there's a lot going on. That's awesome. a lot of partying going on at that show for a lot of Horner House enthusiasts that go there. Nice. Um, they have okay. a, a, the, I think they have the largest haunted attraction bus tour. I mean, people actually live on these buses for like two days and tour like 20 or 30 haunted houses in four different states. And I mean, we were listening to it on, wow. on another podcast, and they were, people were just drinking on this bus and getting drunk. And, you know, these are industry people, so they know how to control themselves when they get one out. People <laughs> that show up. And, um, you know, so, uh, but okay. it's, it's, a, it's a blast. It's a blast. And we go there, we've got to do with props. And, that sounds um, awesome. That, that, yeah, it's a good time. It's okay. a good time. So let's start just wrapping things up just because I wanted to, like I said, be able mm-hmm. to plug you again and, and, you know, close the show. And I'm going to probably going to play one of Dale's song to, songs tonight, Jay, to, to plug Zero by One Sound so people can also get a taste of uh, some of uh, Jay's work on uh, the music side with uh, mm-hmm. fans. Okay? But, um, yeah, Jeremy, you did an awesome job tonight. Thank you so much 
uh, for coming on and joining us, and we'll definitely be in touch and have you on. Probably, maybe we can bring you on next Halloween. We could do like a Halloween theme, bring you back yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I'm it's a been a great show. Out. I'm gonna tell That's you right okay. now, during October, I'm crazier. That's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna do a yeah. I'm gonna do a theme this October. I'm gonna do like a Halloween theme. Oh so we'll definitely bring I you back you, on. Oh, then. By the way, I saw your <laughs> Halloween costume. What's that? That was like, I don't know when that was. It was like a year or two ago. I just had to go to something. Oh, uh, all right, like, all right, because it didn't have a date, and I was looking at it. What really caught my eye was a guy, and I was like, man, he, that guy needs some work on his costume for sure. Oh, yeah, like, nah, that was just fun. It was like was a like, band that was playing out. <laughs> I was like, what's with the sweetness? we got to make this girl a zombie and give her some blood. I was like, come that on. That sounds good. All right, yeah. guys. But, yeah, I better wrap up because I just don't want it to, to shut you All guys right. out. Jerry, I want to yeah. thank you for having me, okay? Absolutely. It was a blast. And I hope we get to see you at National. You said you were going to come, so I'm kind of I know. I'm gonna, I'll give you a call off the air. Unfortunately, I, now I'll tell you off the air. I had something pop up on that Saturday. That's when I was going to plan on coming. And I know. And I'm okay. really disappointed, but it's wah. something I... Jason, give her a wah. Give her a wah. <laughs> yeah, wah. I know it's it's like one of those things, you know. It's like people getting married, like that type of thing. So unfortunately, that popped up on that day. So it's not. I'm not happy, but unfortunately, I'm going to probably have to go to that. (laughs) Well, you know what? Bring him to the convention. Yeah. Right. Uh, No, I'm just joking. But it 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 is an important event, unfortunately, that I have to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But. All right, but thank you so much for coming on. Jay, it was awesome. You called in. Thank you, and we'll definitely be in touch off the air, too. Okay. And, okay. Uh, I hope everyone makes it out, sees the show. It's a great show, and, uh, you know, keep listening to Carrie's blog. You know, you have a lot of fans out there listening, so it's reaching a lot of people. Cool. Thank you oh, so much, guys. One more thing. Jay's dropping two new CDs at this show. Two new CDs. Nice. Oh, yeah. Jay? Yes, so that's come right. and get them. Cities. That's great. And uh, before I hang up, I wanted to also just say thank you to Day Lynn because she's really helped Audio Zombie out for this convention oh, along yes. with Vicky Collections. Without Day Lynn and Jeremy, uh, Audio Zombie may have not been there this year. But thanks nice. you know, to those guys. You know, we owe them a lot. No problem. Okay. All right, Carrie. Goodbye, guys. All right, guys. Thank I'm you so much. i got to get back to work anyway. I'll see you okay. later. And, Carrie, have fun on your wedding. <laughs> Okay, right, right, guys, thank you it. so much. Take right, care. Cool. All right, guys, bye. All right, guys, again, I just wanted to let you know, you guys got to check out creepycollection.com. Also go to 0x1sound.com, and you can also get uh, Audio Zombie from that site, too. I think it's audiozombiesound.com. Check them out on Facebook, all their pages, like them, become friends with them, and visit them at the National Haunters Convention on May 4th, 5th, and 6th. So that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to become a guest, you can find me on Facebook under The Carrie Edelman Show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. My formal page, uh, website, CarrieEdelman.com, and I have two personal pages on Facebook as well as a musician page. So I want to close the show and have enough time to fit it in. We are going to play tonight Dale Pantaleone. It is his uh, song from Liquid Eclipse, which is his album titled Adrift Out Right Now. This is All Tomorrow's Dreams. It was recorded at Zero by One Sound Studio, so you can check out some of Jason Rock's work. We highly recommend any of you musicians out there or anyone who needs audio products or services, 
goes to zerobyonesoundstudio.com. So check out All Tomorrow's Dreams, and I was honored to be a featured artist on this album with Dale. One day I will connect all the stars that have strayed between us. All of the dreams of this world. Do about it, it slips right through my head. 